the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. In Acts chapter 16, that's what we're studying here on Exploring the Word. One of the things Paul did was gather men around him, and he would mentor them, especially a younger man called Timothy. With that in mind today, we're going to introduce to you a ministry that AFRs a part of, and we want you to know about it, and we're so excited about it. And Alex, we have Wesley Wildman here with us today to tell us more about it. It's always good to have Wesley, isn't it? Well, it really is. Wesley, how you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity to let our audience know, the Spoiling the Word audience, and to let AFR audience know that AFA is doing something about the fatherless in our country. Amen. You know, that's one of the things that's so important, uh, the fatherless uh, I, I've heard it said, and I believe it, if the fathers would step up and do their part, you would cut out over half of the problems Absolutely. that the United States faces in the homes and in society, Alex. Amen. Amen. Well, this is so vital. It, it really is. And talk to us, Wesley, about the state of the fathers and what we're asking the Lord to do to change it. Yes. Well, AFR and AFA has covered for many, many years through our emails, through One News Now, through our, some of our video, video efforts in AFS, we've, we've covered the problems and the issues that our world has faced, especially our country has faced with the fatherlessness. And um, we, it comes as a result of not having a father. You're, you're, the rate of um, falling into the, to the, the trap of the LGBT, LGBT community, uh, imprisonment, um, education, uh, poverty, Every negative thing that could happen in your life has a, has a direct correlation to whether you have a mom and a dad in the home the way God designed it. So with that said, we want to provide a solution. So we started locally, and you would say, well, if this is, by the way, this is the name of it. It's called Men of Honor. It's, it's a summer program. It's hosted in Tupelo, Mississippi. You can find out more at afa.net slash men of honor, afa.net slash men of honor, I'll describe what it's about here, uh, what it looks like uh, in just a second. But before I do, if you're wondering, well, Wesley, this is in Hope Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Why are you telling us about it? Well, what I thought was supposed to be a local thing last year of AFA's effort to start on the ground in our home, on our own home turf, what I found is that there was a couple young men that were brought by their granddads that drove up, up to an hour and a half each Tuesday to be here. So I thought, you know what? Let's do this. Let's take five minutes and get on AF4 and let people know that if you're in Northeast Mississippi and you want to come to Men of Honors, you got somebody that you got in mind, a young man who doesn't have a dad, go to afa.net slash men of honors, mm-hmm. sign them up, and we'd love to have them. And also, it would be possible that some people come from yep. a long distance, even further, and sit in on one night yep. and see how it operates there you go. and take it back to, to their community. community, whether it's Tennessee or mm. Louisiana, wherever it is. Yeah, we so, want we want it to spread, don't we? Absolutely. And, and we, like I said, so we, it became a little bit more regional than I thought. And also we know we got listeners in Texas and, and, and Ohio and Kansas and, and Massachusetts and all over. 
and uh, our Pennsylvania, what I wanted to say, I want to encourage you to go back. Now, do you want to know what this looks like, Brother Bird? Because you were a part of it last uh, year. Yes, yes, yeah. sir. And okay. I'm looking forward to this year. Tell us, well, t- give us a little bit of the rundown. Okay, so what you, so what this would look like for if you're uh, bringing your son or you're interested in doing this yourself, we each night or each Tuesday night in the month of June and July, so once a month, every Tuesday, June and July, we come together on Tuesdays. The first 10 or 15 minutes, we eat pizza, we fellowship, catch up on some of the things that we learned or did that past week. And then we move into a Bible lesson time in which you were able to be a part of last year. Uh, others, like my brother, Rob Chambers, uh, Abe Hamilton, they'll, uh, Will Addison, they'll, they'll be some of the Bible teachers that we have. They'll teach the Bible for about 20, 25 minutes. We encourage the kids to take notes and to write down some of the things they learned along the way. Then there's a 10-minute uh, discussion time where we discuss the things that we learned from Scripture. Then we move into the final half of the evening where we teach them a life skill, such as uh, these are just some examples, filling out a job resume, uh, understanding how to change a tire, jump off a vehicle. Mm. We'll have a person that I have, I have several connections with local law enforcement, whether that be a sheriff or detective or a police officer. We're going to have somebody in law enforcement come by, let us understand what it's like to walk a day in their shoes, but also how to respond to traffic stop, things like that. And then we'll also teach them how to fish, Brother Bert. Is oh, that not man. important? Fish. Is that, is that not important? The Lord. <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah. there's this song. Yeah. It's probably older than you are, but God loves to talk to little boys yeah. while they're fishing. While they're fishing. I, didn't, I hadn't heard that one. That's the song. Yeah. It was on uh, Down by the Creek Bank of a children's musical wow, that my okay. wife did with children. Yeah. And uh, that that it's is so awesome. true. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Hey, Alex, uh, that sounds like something that AFR listeners, especially exploring the word men, we got truck drivers, we've got policemen, oh. law enforcement officers, Teachers. we got all kinds of people yeah. out there. Sounds like something they might want to do in their community, doesn't it? Wesley, absolutely. Wesley, where can they find out more about Men of Honor? Yes, they can go to afa.net slash men of honor, afa.net slash men of honor. You could also go to afa.net slash events. There's a list of different events we've got there, and this will be one of them. This is AFA's effort, local effort, to make a difference and to be an example of what we're going to do about. It's a problem. It's a problem, young men. I I, I have the opportunity to do ministry like this over the last couple years I've served as a deacon, as a coach, and others, and I'm seeing the devastating effect. This is so you have Wesley's uh, um, uh, vision and what, what I've seen personally, but then you just had the hard stats. I mean, 71% of men in prison are, are, are without a dad and didn't have a dad. And so there's, there's hard consequences to, and we're not talking about uh, things that happen that are outside of our control. We're talking about men up and leaving and abandoning their responsibility. And that's what we're seeing, and we want to do something about that. Yeah. You remember the story of prison? They uh, got cards for Mother's Day, and they ran out. So they thought they'd do it for Father's Day, and they did. They had plenty left. They had plenty. And it's because yeah, the fathers were not there. Yeah. Wesley, hey, let me conclude with this ahead. Bible verse, yeah. okay? 2 Timothy chapter 2. You mentioned earlier at the beginning about how Paul uh, mentored Timothy, who was without a mom or, or without a dad. Yeah. Uh, well, let me. Let, this is our Bible verse that our young men who come to this program are encouraged to memorize. And by the end of the program, by the end of the summer at our graduation ceremony, if they've memorized it, they get a special award. And it goes like this: Second Timothy chapter two, verse two. And what you have heard in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that's what we want to do with this program at mm-hmm. Men of Honor. And we're excited about that. 
And I thought, what better fitting than to read uh, God's word on exploring the word? That just sounds right. right? Sounds right. <laughs> hey, Wesley, yeah. when you're on here too, people enjoy you being on. When I Alex enjoy and I, it, we yeah. appreciate you. Well, that's where people hear about me when they say, "Now I thought I heard you on the program." I say, "Well, you heard me on exploring the word. I don't have a daily program, <laughs> but I fill in quite a bit." So. Amen, brother. Yeah. Thank you so much, I Man of it. Honor. Alex, hey, thank you, Alex. That sounds so good. Hey, thank you, brother. Thanks for doing this. With what something else that Wesley talked about, the law enforcement officers. I want to yes. promote this June the thirteenth is going to be a national day of prayer for law enforcement officers in the churches, the nationwide. I hope you're writing that down June the 13th. Make sure, ask your pastor, say, Pastor, uh, we want to recognize these men and pray for these women that are part of the law enforcement forces. And uh, so we wanted to bring that in as well, Alex. June the 13th, National Day of Prayer for Law Enforcement Officers. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, well, let me give an announcement here right quick. Uh, you know, speaking of, of listeners, in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, we have a lot of great listeners. And, Bert, I want to give a big early birthday wish to one of our listeners. She's so special, Rue Simbering. Rue is, if I'm correct, going to turn eight years old, got a wonderful godly family. Her dad is uh, a worship leader at a church and also a farmer, May Simbering, and uh, Aaron Simbering is her mom, but I think Rue is probably listening right now, and Rue, we just want to say happy birthday coming up on Saturday. We love you. We thank you and your family for listening, and you just keep on shining for Jesus, and I know you are going to do great things for the Lord, and you are such a blessing. So happy birthday coming up, Rue Simbering. Hey, man. Kosciuszko. And now we're not going to ask you to spell it, Alex. Aren't you glad? Uh-huh. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> hard enough to pronounce it than to spell. A lot of great people there. A lot of, a matter of fact, one of my best friends has just become the interim pastor of First Baptist Church there in Kosciuszko. And I was talking to him this week how much he enjoys it and what God's doing. So praise the Lord. So Kosciuszko, you're on the mount today on Exploring the Word. So, amen. Amen. So, that's that's not. You mentioned Northeast Mississippi. That I, that'd be more central. It is. It, it's sorta. it's it's in the central part. It really is north of Jackson a good bit, and uh, so it's down further south than we are. And Casiesco uh, right there. Well, Alex, we've got about four minutes to introduce the what we'll be talking about today, and that is that Paul heard the Macedonian call, and he yes. leaves there and goes over to Troas, but he makes his way to a place called Philippi. And notice what it says about it. It was the foremost city of all of Macedonia. So I think we're getting a a little bit of a foothold of what Paul is looking at. You remember Acts 1-8, start where? In Jerusalem. That's a major city before Judea. So if you're going to make an impact on Macedonia, you might want to go to one of the foremost cities, and they do, and they go to Philippi. And let me just say, he makes some headway in Philippi, doesn't he? Well, uh, Lydia gets converted. Uh, uh, there's a slave girl that's uh, delivered from fortune-telling, and uh, they uh, they get out of jail. There's a, there's a, a warden in a prison that's going to get saved in Acts 16. So this, this is exciting stuff. And you know, this region is significant even to this very day. I mean, this is a very strategic part of the world uh, to this very day. Imagine if somebody, well, if the Lord said, I want you to go to the northeastern U.S. and start in New York City. 
You know, in a way, that's, that's like Philippi in the region of Macedonia. And Bert, let me say this without spiritualizing too much. Isn't there, for many of us, a Macedonian call? Look, that, that neighbor that God is telling you to go across the back fence and talk to them about where they go to church. And maybe that wasn't what you had on your agenda, but the Spirit of the Lord is telling you to be a witness to your neighbor or those you care about. And I know, I don't want to pull Scripture out of context, but the call to take the gospel somewhere it needs to be, that call is still getting issued to believers. It is. And what happens, and this is close to exact figures, 80% of the trained workers, pastors, and all those that have been trained minister to 20% of the world's population. That, listen, I, I really believe uh, a lot of times we go where it's easy. Uh, and and God is calling some of us to go where it's more difficult. They call them unreached people groups. At yeah. this point in time, Philippi, especially an unreached people group, there wasn't even enough Jewish men there to have a synagogue. So they found Lydia on the riverbank, and she was a God-fearer, and she had her household and a few more there. But God may call you in a Macedonia call to go to a difficult place, or it may be, like you said, the back fence or across the street, but be sensitive enough. That's what Paul yeah. was. The Holy Spirit hindered him. The Holy Spirit wouldn't let him go north. And then that night he got the vision. Get the vision of what God wants you to do and then do it. And we're going to be talking more about this. Alex, I love chapter 16. And oh, uh, I do too. we're going to find out what God does, even with bad circumstances. So stay tuned. We're going to look and see about Lydia, what a woman she was and what God did. We're going to look to see about that girl that was demon-possessed, and we're going to talk about the Philippian jailer. Don't go away. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Elliot Kang, Acting Undersecretary for Arms Control and International Security. His office manages the non-proliferation, counter-proliferation, and arms control functions of the U.S. Department of State. Matthew 5.9 reminds us of the importance of pursuing peace in our world. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Elliot Kang in his work at the State Department. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Communion isn't just about sharing a tiny cup and a cracker. It's about sharing Jesus' life. But Dr. Tony Evans says the Lord's table isn't the only place we can go for that kind of connection. He'll take us to 1 Corinthians 10, 21 as we spend two minutes with Tony. You cannot partake of, watch this, the table of the Lord and the table of demons. There are two tables. A table is a place where you eat. He says, the Lord has a table and demons have a table. And they actually invite you to have dinner with them. Why do demons invite you to have dinner with them? So that they can share their life with you. 
many of the problems we have, the problem is made worse because demons have adopted the problem. And that's why it either doesn't go away or it keeps coming back. Look, if you happen to see a roach, you stomp on a roach, it's gone, kinda. Because behind the wall are nieces, nephews, uncles, aunts, and cousins. Unless you get the orchid man who gets behind what you see to deal with what you can't see, all you've done is temporarily resolve the problem that's gonna return tomorrow. There are demons behind the wall. So just cause you stop on your issue today, won't solve it because there's a new replacement tomorrow because you've not addressed the influence of the table because you share the life. For more help connecting with the life Jesus wants to share with you, check out Tony's CD series, The Spiritual Toolkit, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Thanks for listening to American Family Radio. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 11, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You know, it's been my privilege to know a few Christian women that were named Lydia, and it seems like they are always just very, very godly people. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We're in Acts chapter 16, and let me read a little bit from verse 13, and then Bert and I will comment. In a few moments, we will get to your telephone calls and your Bible questions, and the number is 888-589-8840. We'd love to have you call in. 888-589-8840. But it says, On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. Bert, I want to focus in on uh, verse 14, two phrases, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. That's how salvation works, and it's, it is mysterious. We put our faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit calls and, and stirs our heart but we have to respond. There in uh, verse 14, I see those two actions, the call of the Lord and the the response of belief on the part of the person saved. Like all people who get born again, Lydia responded to that movement of the Holy Spirit. She did, and she was a God worshiper already. And uh, we're going to find this throughout the book of Acts. We're going to find some people that were worshiping God, but they had not heard about Jesus Christ, and they would share some more about him. And here's Lydia, uh, a God-fearer, 
That's what we refer to them. She worshiped God, but the Lord opened her heart to heed the things. It is a message given and a message received. Alex, uh, you know, I love to watch relay races. If you want to know the truth, when it comes to those athletic events, when it comes to the field, you know, track and field, I enjoy the relay races more than I do the single person race because there's four people. It's a team. I, I, I always enjoy team sports, but they hand it off and they're reaching to hand it, but the person who is to get that baton has to reach back to receive it. So in this transaction, there's a reception or a a givenness and a receiving. And so Mm -hmm. here the message is given by Paul and is received by Lydia as God does the work. He opened the heart, and God operates on both sides. He's operating on getting Paul over to Philippi. Remember the Macedonia call? God operated to get him over there, and there was somebody waiting to receive it. And that is what God does. And you don't want to miss that opportunity. You that have Christ, you want to make sure you're reaching to give it off to someone new, to a new generation, to a new church plant. But there's those of you out there, you're waiting to receive it. Is your heart receptive? Are you longing for something better? Is there something missing in your life that you know that's not there? It's Christ. You need him. And today on Exploring the Word, we're giving you that message that Christ has come to save sinners, and you can be saved today. And so Lydia opened her heart as God gave it to her, and God opened her heart. It's a a miracle in a way, Alex. It really is. Well, absolutely, it is a miracle. And, you know, Acts, we see God doing a lot of miracles. Now, I've always thought it was interesting what happens in the the following vignette as uh, Paul and Silas are, they don't know it, but they're en route to being incarcerated in prison. But imagine this statement. uh, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, that's a true statement. Paul and Silas are servants of the Most High God, and they were telling people how to be saved. But there was a slave girl that had an evil spirit within her. She had a demon in her. She earned money by being a fortune teller, or she earned money for her owners. So she follows Paul and the rest of the people shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Verse 18 says, she kept us up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. Uh, So everybody rejoiced and was so thankful. Right, Alex? Not exactly. (laughs) Not exactly. Do you know what? Now, this is amazing. Um, And folks, when the devil is doing work to put people in bondage, uh, don't don't leave out the way he can even work through religion, not a relationship with Jesus. But it says she was crying out. She kept incessantly crying out. Now, remember, Satan just wants to disrupt the gospel um, in the in the Greek language. It says that she called out for many days in verse 17. It might be translated shouting, crying out. Guess what that word is in Greek, Bert? What is it? I didn't look that up. Crazy. Oh, wow. Uh, And she was shrieking like an insane person. Now, you might say, well, to affirm 
Paul and Silas and to talk about salvation, that's a good thing. This was a disruption of the devil. And so Paul, in the midst of preaching the gospel, performs an exorcism here. Now, her owners realized that, and this is so sad in verse 19, it's not that, praise God, a girl's been delivered from demonic possession. Praise girl, praise God, somebody's saved. No, they were just mad that their means of making money through this fortune teller with a familiar spirit was gone. They throw Paul in jail, seize them, bring them to the authorities, and notice the accusation, these men are Jews. Yep. Boy, isn't that anti-Semitic? They are, and we're seeing a lot of that today. You know that. They're being attacked even here in America, and a lot of things are going on, so we need to pray. And uh, and notice what it is. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Now, this is one of the times that Paul referred to of beaten with rods, and when he had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanded the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, this is not just throwing you into prison so you can walk around fasten their feet in the stocks i mean it was uncomfortable it was it was not only a place of punishment it was a place of humiliation to be put in stocks and uh to be left there so here these men the love the love of money is the root of all evil when they saw here's the two things when they saw their income and their power taken away they strike viciously sounds like satan does that too well, amen. And, you know, picture, uh, have you ever seen like a picture of a prisoner chained to a wall and feet are bound, hands are up about even with the head or above the head? Uh, I don't know if it was stocks like that or put in between beams and fastened, but they are bound and incarcerated. And I love this. It says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Saying... Oh, poor us, God has abandoned us. No. Where are you? Where are you, God? <laughs> if I ever, are they saying, if I ever get out of this, I'm I'm gonna get a real job and quit the ministry? No. They were praying and singing hymns to God. And amazing? the other prisoners were listening. Isn't that something? Even and you know this prison was brutal, filthy, but they're using this to witness. The other prisoners were listening. They were Alex, and notice what it says in verse twenty five. Praying and singing hymns to God, not about God, but to God. Now, there's a big difference in singing about God and singing to God. And in our worship time, uh, a lot of times we have hymns, and it's about God, but also we have some praise where we sing to God. Uh, Yes, hymns ought to teach, but also here they were singing to the Lord I don't know the hymns they were singing. uh, Thank you, Lord. Praising you. I praise you. But it's personal, Alex. It's not impersonal. And and this is about 20 years after the cross. Yes, it is. Yes. And already the church had a hymnody. In other words, I don't know what it was exactly, but they had hymns. They sang these hymns, and certain believers knew these hymns. I mean, from the... 
A.D. 50 to the present day, Christianity has been a, a, a singing faith. Amen. And, hey, that's because it's really only Christians that have something to sing about. You know, you and I, I've, I've done a lot of ministry in nursing homes and care facilities for senior adults, and Amen. I've gone there to speak. I can't sing, but here I usually would take somebody with me that could and lead them in music. I want to just tell you, there'd be people there that their mind was not clear, but they would start singing some old hymns that they've been singing all their life, and all of a sudden they their mind was clear and they were singing these hymns. But they, they wasn't making sense a lot of other places, but they knew those hymns. Dr. Dobson mm-hmm. talks about his mother who, who sang alto and said uh, some friends of there went to visit her when she was in a care facility, and they started singing for her. But then right at the right moment, Dr. Dobson's mama broke into an alto voice accompanying them. They were singing soprano and one tenor. But she started singing alto. She knew the words and she knew the notes. That's that's the power of music done in the right way, isn't it? Amen, amen. And you know, Angie's mom too. Bless her heart. She's going to be ninety on June third if she makes it. And she, her mind is gone. But when we start singing out of the hymn book, and I'll strum the guitar. She starts mouthing the words, and she knows the words to those hymns. It's amazing. But, amen. You know, uh, Acts 16.26, um, Paul and Silas are in jail. They're singing. They're praising God. The other prisoners are witnessing this. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that so much so the foundations of the prison were shaken. The doors flew open, and er- everyone's chains came loose. <laughs> now, let me get spiritual on you. Hey, when Jesus came, it shook the earth with an earthquake, quite literally. Read Matthew 27. But you know what? Jesus's arrival shook the entire earth touched the entire human race and everyone's chains came loose well you know so i'm saying what's happening in this jail cell is a little tiny kodak snapshot of the larger gospel impact amen well spoken i can't help with thinking about songs new songs are being written too and when i see this i think of zach williams song the chain breaker you know, he oh, is. love it. Yes, love it. I do, too. And then, Chris Tomlin, my chains are gone. You know, mm-hmm. those chains yes. that bind you today, uh, again, these were literal literal chains. They were. They were literal stocks. But people have pain and chains, emotional chains, spiritual chains that are binding them. Their, their addictions, Alex, their habits that's doing them harm, and they've tried to turn over a new leaf, and they just find out the same thing is on the other side. It is time for God to shake your life, shake your life so much, and the chains be gone, and it comes by knowing Jesus. He does. He does come in, and he does deliver, and he does make a difference, doesn't he? He really does. He really does. And, folks, this is so powerful. Um, everybody's chains are off. The jailer wakes up, and he sees what's about to happen, and he's going to commit suicide with his own sword because he thought all the prisoners had escaped. Verse 28, Paul says, Do not harm yourself. We are all here. <laughs> I mean, this is so precious. Amen. And I've got to believe all the other prisoners, you know, probably nobody moved. The jailer calls for lights 
and I'm guessing they brought in torches and lit up the place. You know, it's past midnight now. And the jailer falls trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I, I mean, think about it. In other words, whoever this God is that you all know, I want to know him too. Now, where do you think he heard about this? You think the songs and the prayers may have been heard throughout that prison, Alex? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I got to believe the Apostle Paul, he might have had his hands and feet in stocks, but his heart and his uh, mind and his voice was loosed, and he was preaching. And, you know, this is a very direct question, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Apparently, uh, Paul had given the uh, the call to action, and you've got to get saved, and the jailer asked that. Now, verse 31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, sometimes there's controversy surrounding Acts 16.31. Does that mean if the head of the house gets saved, everybody else comes in automatically? That doesn't really mean that, does it, Bert? No, it doesn't. But I want to tell you, Vin, I do this. We haven't got but a minute left. But I was pastoring, and there was this one man that we were trying to reach. Some men in our church, we were praying for him. That man got saved after many visits, much prayer. And when he got saved, there was one right after another of his family that was saved. When dad got saved, it was amazing what happened to the others. And listen, yeah. I think that's what took place. When they saw the difference in dad, the Philippian jailer, Alex, guess what? The rest of them, they came along and said, we're believing as well. And they were baptized yeah. that very night, and they had their, their wounds cleaned and ready to go. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow. But in the next segment, we're going to take your phone calls, that number, 888 589 8840. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. Can you imagine the Iranians? You think they're not listening to our news media? You think they're not absorbing what's being said and coloring their response based on American media? Of course they are. I've never seen more blatant, really, treason in my life than we're seeing from media and from Democrats on the left. Honestly, this is unbelievable, inexcusable, and should be punished. But then it seems like we live in an age where justice just never seems to be done. Listen to Sandy Rios weekday mornings at 7 Central on American Family Radio. You will know them by their fruit. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Russia is building a 764-mile undersea pipeline to Germany called Nord Stream 2. The U.S. is opposed to this pipeline. Former President Trump and Congress sanctioned ships involved in its construction. As recently as March 18, 2021, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said Nord Stream 2 is a bad deal for Germany, for Ukraine, and for our Central and Eastern European allies and partners. So why is Mr. J. Robinette Biden now waiving sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 and its Putin-allied CEO giving the green light to the pipeline? 
no XL pipeline for the U.S., but a Russian pipeline to Germany is just fine. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. 1 John 3, verse 23 says, This is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. My friend Alan was a missionary in China. Once he went to a very remote village where he met an old man who had lived there his entire life. Alan asked, What do you think of Jesus Christ? The man looked at him and said, Jesus Christ? What kind of thing is that? More than two billion people in the world today have never even heard the name of Jesus. But Jesus has sent us to the entire world with his name and his gospel. Every person in the world needs to know the only name that saves, Jesus. Ask God today how you can be part of his mission. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can Save through the fire with your mighty hand But even if you don't My hope is you Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Surely the greatest words in the entirety of the English language. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert, so glad you're with us. The number is 888-589-8840. It would be our honor to hear your Bible question this afternoon, so call in. This is a coast-to-coast live Bible study, so your questions and our best to give an answer begins now. Let me say one word about that, believe on the Lord. It doesn't say believe about the Lord. It says believe on. There's a big Amen. difference in knowing about and putting your trust upon him. So I pray you've done that. Hey, we've got lines open. We've got callers, but we got lines open. We're going to go to as many as we can. But our first caller is from Arkansas, and it's Martin. Martin, welcome. You need to turn off your radio, Martin. Yes, sir. Go right ahead, uh, man. Yes, it's good to have you today. What part of Arkansas are you from? I'm from Hamburg. It's a little town in South Arkansas, Hamburg, Arkansas. I have been there. I have gone. I, I, really? I, I better say I've gone through there. <laughs> yes, okay, I have. Okay. Yeah. If you blink, you'll miss it. Uh, well, hey, I'm from a town like that as well. Hey, what's your question today, Martin? Uh, my question today is is not uh, it's, it's, it's about about I don't know if you heard of Truth for Youth Bibles. You better believe oh, you it. Have, we yes, love those folks. We love it. Okay. Um, what it is, I work on a farm and been working on this farm for thirty five years, and I have I supervise around hundred and hundred twenty workers, and I have about a Bible. For each one, and I was asked, one of the ask you guys if it was okay to give it to them, or do I need to give it to them to give to their kids? 
would it be okay if I, if, if I, you know, if I give it to them as adults? <laughs> hey, listen, truth for youth Bible, it's good for anybody. For the, I'm at young, I'm the young at heart, and it does have answers in the beginning, Alex, that really touches people where they live. Uh, man, I. I find nothing wrong with that. I, I think you could c- talk to Tim Todd and the ministries there, Revival Fires. Uh, I believe they would help you out, don't you, Alex? I, I was just going to say Tim Todd would be so blessed to hear that testimony. And, you know, we have a lot of friends in ministry, and throughout the year you hear from a lot of them. But one of the things that has been nearest and dearest to my heart are those Truth for Youth Bibles because they've brought so many people to Christ. And I'm I'm so glad that you're you're using those and enthused about that. And Martin, if you need help, it's revivalfires.org, revivalfires.org. And listen, if you communicate with them, tell them that AFR sent you. <laughs> and uh, that that will explore in the word and I, I believe they'll respond and do their best. What brother, I just say thank you. Thank you. Praise for, God. Alex, uh, you know, we want to be planned, but we have it called planned spontaneity. Would yes. you mind praying for Martin to do that and then pray when God gives those Bibles out, they'd respond the way Lydia did with an open heart? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the Truth for Youth Bibles and Revival Fire and Brother Tim Todd. And Lord, uh, this gentleman, over all these workers, a hundred and some workers, and I pray in the name of Jesus that when they get the Bible that they will read and understand. And may, maybe it's some of the the pictures and the the graphic novel where the gospel is portrayed uh, in visual form, but then there's the, the written words of, of your scriptures. So we pray for souls to be saved. And Lord, across our nation, Lord, send the revival fires, convert the lost, and equip the church to speak up and share Jesus with this world like this man is doing, and bless him for it. And we ask all of this in Christ's name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Martin. May God increase your tribe. Amen. Amen. Let's let's go to Iowa and talk to Dwayne. Dwayne, welcome. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Good. Really, good I'm doing friend. good today. Well, I, I'm honored to talk to you guys. You're, you're my heroes. Um, my question today is really has to do with free will and uh, how I can process that in my mind. Um, in Acts chapter 9, uh, Paul on his way to Damascus, did he have a choice? Uh, oh, hey, let me say, I'm so glad you called in. I, did you call yesterday and we didn't get to you? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Well, thank, that's the thank reason, you for calling yeah, back. That's the reason I, I, I went to him. I recognized the question, and I, I couldn't wait to get to it. Good question, Dwayne. Alex, you go ahead, and I'll respond later. You know, understanding will is an interesting thing because um, sometimes people say that, well, will to make a choice is a work. And no, your choice to believe in Jesus is is really uh, a response. It's been said that your will, your free will, and the, the scholarly word for it is volition. You make a volitional choice. Do I lie to my teacher or do I tell the truth? 
Do I cheat on my spouse or am I faithful? Uh, am I honest about my dealings? And volitional choice is a moral choice. And so it's been said that your will is a power to respond. Now, Paul, I think Paul did have a choice. Because, Bert, do you remember in First uh, Timothy 1, 13, Paul, he says, I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance. I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. He was talking about his former life. And when he met the Lord on the road to Damascus, he said, uh, who are you, Lord? And God said, I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. Here's what you're going to do. Go to a street called Straight. So um, I, I think the fact that he uh, says in 1 Timothy 1.13, he acted in ignorance and unbelief. Now, he learned God's revelation, and then he did believe. But there was a choice involved. Now, that doesn't minimize God's sovereignty. God is in control. But, Bert, I'll say it this way. The Lord offers salvation, but he doesn't force it. We have to respond positively. I, I agree. You and I have tried to answer that as clearly as we can. Just let me remind you what he did in Acts 9, verse 8. Then Saul arose. I, I want to say there's a lot of words that are important. Then is not one of those important words. After <laughs> God spoke to him. After God showed him. And he told him what to do. Then he responded. There was a response. And if there's a response, there has to be willfulness in that, Alex. There has yeah. to be. There is no other way a response demands willfulness on a person's part. I, Amen. So I, That's good. I, thank you, Dwayne. I, man, thank you for persistence in calling back. And next, let me see. We're going to go to Indiana. Yeah, and talk to Marty. Marty, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello, Bert, Alex. I appreciate you taking my call. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. Glad to have Dang. you, man. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm uh, one of those that feel like sometimes the uh, body of Christ doesn't take uh, prayer seriously for others' concerns. And I've always been that way. I feel like if it's hurting someone in the body of Christ, it should be hurting us. And and I see that in both of you. And because of that, uh, I'm requesting prayer. Okay, brother. How, who and how can we pray? We want to. The good part about this, we ask people right now, those who are listening, write the name Marty down and put it down, prayer. So we're going to bombard heaven. But how can we pray, Marty? My uh, grandson, he's seven, and uh, they found spots in his colon and uh, in his throat. And uh, hmm. I'm just concerned. Okay, brother. You don't have to say any more. Alex, uh, If those of us that are grandparents, <laughs> their uh, children are special. Grandchildren are I, it's real hard. special they are they are and i i marty we're going to pray for you right now yes father thank you for marty calling thank you for him being the granddad that is mindful of his grandson and and his condition seven years old father i pray 
in the name of Jesus, in the shed blood of Jesus, that yes. you would touch his life. We're praying for healing. We're praying for that to happen. We we give you praise no matter what. We're we're in that boat with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and saying, Lord, you're able, but if not, we're still going to praise you. We're still going to serve you. I think Marty's in that, but he's bringing this, and I pray that people all over America right now are praying for this young man, that his life, his would be touched, and, Father, that uh, health and restoration would occur. We're believing it, praying in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. Marty, thank you for calling. Marty from Indiana. Next, we're going to go up to Virginia and talk to Leanne. Leanne, welcome. Hello. Yes. Um, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say I've been a Christian for a long time, and I've had some really bad things happen, and I've always had a strong faith. Um. I had a knee surgery in August, and I'm not doing well. Um, I've experienced pain, and I've had the church come out and pray over me, and what says in James, if any of you are sick, ask the elders to come out and put oil on you and, you know, and, and pray, and I'm still struggling with pain, and... Hmm. I don't know what else to say. Okay, Leanne, we, we're getting, hey, we're having, exploring the Word is a Bible study. Sometimes it's a prayer meeting, Alex, you know, yeah, and yes. uh, we're going to pray. And I got a feeling there's others out there. This must be a day when a lot of folks are, are you know, we had uh, Leanne and Marty. Uh, so, Leanne, let me just say a word to you. Serve the Lord no matter what, even in pain. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it is, Alex. I think God didn't let us know because we'd have made that something that we should not, you know. But it, yeah, was, it yeah. was painful. And he prayed three times that the Lord would just say, get rid of it. And God said three times, no. But what was what was God's response? Something about grace? My was grace <laughs> is sufficient. And Leanne, I'm not, is, yeah. we're not just throwing that out. His grace is is sufficient no matter what. So, Alex, would you mind praying for Leanne? Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I lift up this Christian sister. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing and we bless you because you are not only our Savior but our healer. And Lord, I would ask that this pain would go away even immediately. And Lord, we don't know why sometimes um, human medicine uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know what's going on, but Lord, help her trust you and worship as she waits. And Lord, at the soonest possible moment, maybe even right this second, we ask that you would deliver her from complications, from pain. She had this surgery. Let it be successful. And Lord, someday maybe she'll be able to encourage somebody else who's in the deep valley of of pain like this but lord we we thank you in advance we're going to believe and lord we praise you because in jesus name we've asked for her to be liberated from this debilitating pain help her lord in jesus name we ask it amen amen there's two names you need to write down marty and leanne marty's grandson yeah. and leanne for healing we're praying and believing 
Let's go to Iowa. David, thank you for holding. You're on, brother. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you, guys. I really appreciate what you do every day. Um, you're just your humility and your wisdom just is, is wonderful. Um, and gosh, I could have prayer. We could have a prayer meeting right now. Yep. My question was, um, what is the role of the Holy Spirit during the tribulation? My understanding is that when the church is raptured, that you know that 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 the Holy Spirit goes with the church, yet there's going to be a, you know, a harvest of souls during the rapture, uh, or during the tribulation time. And I was wondering, what is the role of the Holy Spirit during the, the tribulation? I'm going to make a quick statement, and Alex, you take as much time as you can to the program ends. The restraining power of the Holy Spirit. Right now, the Holy Spirit restrains evil, uh, but... No one is saved apart from the Holy Spirit unless the Holy Spirit draws them as involved. And salvation happens at the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Alex. So to say the Holy Spirit is completely gone during the tribulation, I cannot understand that. I, I think yeah. just part of his ministry. Would you speak to David? Uh, well, I think you're exactly right. In Revelation chapter 7, it talks about a great multitude uh, from every nation that are saved standing before the throne of God, and, and virtually all of these people will be martyred by the minions of the Antichrist, but nobody would be saved except that the Holy Spirit were present. But way back in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, it talks about the restraining ministry of the Holy Spirit. When that restraining force of the Holy Spirit is at least to a degree withdrawn, sin will escalate and the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, will emerge. Amen. Thank you, David. Thank you for calling. Hey, Julian, Sonia, uh, Jose, we'd love to get to you. Call tomorrow, and uh, we'll put you on as best we can. Alex, we're going to jump on in the rest of Act 16 and go into 17 tomorrow. It'll be exciting, won't it? That's right. Praise God. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word and the American Family Radio Network. You can find more programming archived at AFR.net. Tell somebody about Exploring the Word. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.